You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I am Ben Wolf, as always, your host. Our guest today is going to share how to double your business with a best selling book. Uh, invite everybody to pause for a second, leave a review, comment, share, like, follow, whatever it is that you are allowed to do on the platform in which you are watching uh, this or listening to it. Uh, so please do that. And uh, with that, I want to get into introducing my guest today. She is the author of the newly released book, The Science of Getting Rich for Women, which those of you who are in person or who are looking at the video version can see a copy of me holding a copy of that up right now. There's going to be a link to that on Amazon in the episode description and in the social media. She is the founder, a founder of Sarah Cannell Coaching, including the Write Your Book program, which teaches participants how to write their book in under three months. You can find out about more at sarahcannell.com. That's S-A-R-A, no H, C-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. And if you couldn't have guessed her name based on the name of her company and her website, I give you now Sarah Cannell. <laughs> Ben, thanks for having me. Welcome. I appreciate you being able to be here. And uh, I guess I just want to start off as we usually do with guests and kind of get a quick two-minute background on yourself. Give us a context. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff based on what you do with your clients that we could speak about, but we're going to hopefully, there's a limited time, hopefully focus on the the book writing today. And um, I guess just give us a quick context and background into yourself and and how you got to be talking about uh, this topic. For sure. So it's funny because I definitely was one of those kids that loved books. I loved reading. I was like writing stories. And I had this idea that if you were um, destined to be a writer, that a teacher would take you aside and tell you you're special and say, you know, you're you're supposed to be a writer. And because that's what happened in all the movies and the books that I watched and read. And when that didn't happen, um, and there was a particular teacher I had decided was going to be the one, you know, he was a published author, mm-hmm. he had a column in the Washington Post, and we were all like idolized him. So I thought this is my guy. This is the moment. This is your Yoda. This is my Yoda. And no, I mean, it was just, it never (laughs) happened. And he liked all the guys in my classes writing, which was really good, by the way. They're awesome. And I'm still friends with some of them. And I didn't understand at the time, but what happened in that moment is I said, oh, I'm not good enough to do this. I don't get to have this dream. Like I didn't understand. I was really giving that power to this authority figure, but I was. So I went and got a job in advertising, sort of like uh, adjacent to, you know, the kind of work I wanted to do. And I don't know if anyone listening, but you know, when you get into the job or the relationship, that's not where you're really supposed to be. It's usually a disaster, right? And that's really what happened. It was unfortunately, it's a really externally exciting kind of cool place to work, but it was um, of that Me Too era. And so there was a tremendous amount of sexual assault, harassment, you know, just some really rough things oh, and yeah, really bad. And um, ironically was, was named one of the top 20 companies for women to work uh, the year I started I there. They had a good, I guess they had a good advertising department. I I said, well, I would think there's a number of us that would have a different story. But um, anyway, I got in and um, I uh, really, uh, I spiraled into some um, really desperate behaviors like eating disorder. And just, you know, I was, I didn't know what to do with that trauma. And I was supporting myself from single woman. It was like, I have to be in this job, kind of golden handcuffs. And to cut to it, I was in the Boston airport flying back from Boston to Chicago where I live. And I grabbed a book randomly. My flight's being called. I couldn't read the back of the book. I just randomly grabbed this book. And it was a book called Holy Hunger by a woman named Margaret Bullet Jonas. So 
not a celebrity. It wasn't like, you know, some big famous person. And I read the whole book in one day and I credit that book as saving my life. It was, it gave me the understanding of what was really happening with me. It gave me, it was a woman sharing, you know, her story and how she got out of some really um, traumatic experiences and disordered eating and that type of thing. And so I left the job and I got well mentally and physically, and I decided I'll probably still fail, but I'm just going to try to be a writer. And I didn't feel, you know, I had any, any chance of success, but uh, once I did get my first book out and some really exciting things happen, I got on Oprah and the New York times and all these things, right. That wow. as writers, we want to have happen. And I decided I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to helping other leaders that have a mission that needs to be known by more people. Um, there's so many incredibly talented leaders, many of them probably working with you, Ben, and listening that they're doing phenomenal work with like a universe like this. And you know, there's this world of people who could benefit from their work. So I took all that I'd learned in becoming a coach, which I'd done, you know, sort of tangentially to being a writer. And we created um, Thought Leader Academy, you know, the main program in our company where we help people not only write the book, but make sure that it's a bestseller, make sure they can speak on stages and TEDx and the things that are going to help their message get heard. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's a great story for this, for this topic. And like, how did you figure out or learn what it takes to write a great book yeah. or yeah. to get people to actually see it if you make a book? Right. Because those are the two different things. Like, Ben, I know you know this. We think, I wrote the book. It was like, if I build it, if I write it, they will come. And sadly and awfully, that is not true at all. Right. So right. first, what happens, I really dedicated myself to the craft of writing. You know, I told that story, which took place over, you know, 10 years, right? Like the what I just shared in terms of the career track. So I really dedicated myself to the craft of writing and then um, to how to get an agent and get published. I went traditional publishing for my first book. And then um, I I realized that you can even with a publisher write an amazing book and it doesn't mean anyone will ever know about it. And so that's when I deep dive into what, what does it look like to find the people we're here to serve? Where are ideal readers? How do we make sure that they find the book if we do the hard work of writing one. And that's really what we've put together in, in our programs because no one wants to have that experience. Like your mom and your cat read your book. And then, you know, and it's like, unless it's a bucket list, which for the leaders I work with, it's, it's not just about saying they wrote a book that, you know, their family reads at Christmas or Hanukkah or something, right. It's like, not, that's not the, the big inspiration. It's to make a difference, you know, it's to save someone else's life. Right. Um, or change it. So we really, how did I learn it? You know, I got great mentors. I truly believe that the fast track to any goal we want to achieve is to find someone who's achieved it in a way that inspires us and get in the room with them. It's just how like for you, any, how did you, up. how did you find and meet those people and connect? Yeah. With them? You know, I just, I really, I, I, I have been so lucky and also available, I will say to being when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Like if, so when I was in this, you know, I'd been writing on my own, I was terrified to show my work to anyone. And I heard from a friend about this writing coach. I was like, I don't want to coach. I mean, ironically, I'm a coach now, right? I was like, I don't want to spend the money and I don't want to do it and all the stuff. And so it was really a lot through word of mouth. Like someone would just be sharing about their experience. I read voraciously and listened to interviews of 
like I believe in the philosophy that success leaves clues. So it's like, who, who did get an agent? And then I would read all their interviews and listen, like, did they go camp out on someone's office doorstep? Did they send query letters? Like what, what are the common denominators that people who achieve these different pieces of the vision, whether it was getting published, getting an agent, um, creating a platform, getting to be on the bestseller list, which bestseller list, because they're all different. And so well, your, I just, your first book was nonfiction. I mean, and you said you had mainstream publisher. How did you, I mean, yep, so you have a yep. big platform and for those out there, maybe you don't yep. want to define what the word platform means. Yep. And, yep. and also I'm just curious if that was your first big book, like how did you, yeah. You I didn't maybe have didn't a have a platform. So no, did I didn't you, at all. I didn't at all. But I, you know, I am, I am dogged. If I go after, like, if, if I have a goal, I will, I play the, the kind of mindset I use is the go to any lengths. And it might've even come through, you know, as an athlete when I was younger. So, you know, could be a little bit from that. And also my husband and I went through a grueling seven year fertility journey to have our son. And I think that experience, the good thing that it gave me career-wise was, you know, just, just full surrender is like whatever it takes. And so I apply that in my business a lot. It's like, I didn't have all the right, I'm not a celebrity. I didn't have a big social media following, but what I did was the kind of humiliating task of asking everyone I knew, does anyone know any literary agents? And of course, no one I knew did. And then I just I went to conferences. I read acknowledgement sections. You know, if you get someone's book and you know, you look at their, mm -hmm. who are they thanking? And right. they all thank their agent. And so I would make lists of their agents and then I would pitch them. And of course, none of them even responded, right? You know, like no one. So I think the, you know, whether it's launching a business, a product, a course, a book, it's the being willing to let the ego go and, and just say, if this is truly my goal, there's a way. There's a way. And I just kept, you know, meeting with people who'd done it, asking them questions. How did they like informational interviews for a job? But I did that with getting an agent. Now, most of our authors don't bother with agents because the publishing world has changed so much. And we can mm -hmm. just very successfully publish through small presses or hybrid or self-publishing and platform. Cause you'd ask Ben simply as your, your sphere of influence, your level of visibility. It's like your, how many people on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if you have a column, if you have a podcast, it's your sort of overall reach. When you put something out in the world, how many people get to see it is considered in the writing world, your platform. So why we care is not because we want to have, you know, numbers, but for impact, right? Because if we have 10 people on our platform, that's how many people we can impact. But if we, I have a lot of tricks with our clients of how to borrow other people's audiences. So it's mm -hmm. not like just our, because it takes years if you want to build up your Instagram to hundred thousand people. Um, I don't mess with that. I believe in leveraging other people's audiences. So helping our clients and find influencers to partner with and create, we call them mission bridges, like people that share your mission. They're mm -hmm. going to be excited to share about your book, excited to, um, it's not like, Oh, promote my book. It's, Hey, we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. And I care about what you care about. And I would like to be a resource for your people. Not all of them will do it, but influencers being on other people's podcasts, like we're doing right now, um, speaking on platforms, stages, TEDx, those kind of things where you can reach more people quickly than building your own, you know, brick by brick social media numbers. Right. What now we, 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 we mentioned this topic of double your business with one wow. book. What, what is different about how you approach either the writing or the marketing of a book if that is your goal if, if your goal yes. and, and this is a 
entrepreneurs podcast, right? So yes. if people are thinking of writing a book for a business purpose, not for a personal mission, yes. maybe the same thing applies in a different way for a personal mission. But but when you think about writing a book to increase your business or double your business, as we put it, what's the difference in the writing or marketing process? Huge difference. And, and really the key is, you, you nailed it, Ben, if people want to inspire with their book. They want to write a memoir, they want whatever it is. Um, that's wonderful. You can do that. But if you also want it to double or 10x your business, um, there's some very specific things um, you know you want to think about doing. One is that early on in the book, give people a very strong incentive to move from reader to potential client. And how we do that is you can look at a book like Profit First, because maybe many people listening to this are familiar. Yeah, I, I read that a month or two ago. Actually. Right. Mike McAllister's book. You know, he doesn't he did not just hope that people will read the book and then Google his company and find. He right. said he mentioned this. like 25 times, yeah, like, like I have these Profit First professionals. I and, and, you know, go and, get, and, and what he starts with instead of even a sales pitch, because that can get kind of infomercially is, hey, do you want to find out how screwed you are <laughs> with your numbers? Um, in a very loving way, um, come take this assessment. And guess what we all have to do if we want that profit first assessment with customized results, we need to put in our name and our email. Well, of course, once Mike Michalowicz has our name and email, he can email us, they can call us, you know, all the things, right? They become a lead. And so we are now doing, like if you see in this book, um, we created um, QR codes in the book Yes, so I was hoping to read it this weekend, but yeah, yeah I know like, those QR well, codes. So, so, and, and I don't believe again, like there's certain books like Secrets of the Millionaire Mind where every other line is like, come to our next seminar. And I just, that's not my style. It's too salesy for me. So I just put in really rich value, interactive experiences. So it's like, hey, I can guide you through this exercise in the book. Of course, I've written it all out or swipe your phone over this QR code and I'll guide you through it in real time by a video. And by the way, there's a workbook and there's, so I'm, you know, we have a whole book portal, essentially a website. I have a lot of our clients create who want to double their business. And then someone is binging your content. You know, they go to get the workbook or they go to get the quiz or they go to get the guided exercise. The template could be anything that's valuable to the reader. And then they're suddenly in your world. They can watch testimonial videos. They can watch, I mean, and people want to consume video content. As much as I will always love books, people love video. So you do a video podcast, right? There's these ways. And so now people from my book, and we've had hundreds so far, just launched, but we've had hundreds go to the portal. It'll be thousands soon. And they go and, you know, most of them are going to consume multiple pieces of content there instead of just the one thing they came to try out from the book. So those are ways, interactive experience, ensure that you're capturing names, emails, and if possible, cell phone numbers. People are willing to give them a lot of times. I'm shocked, but then you can text message. You can have a salesperson on your team if you have the type of structure set up. I'm so excited you got the book. Love to hear what's resonating. Just very kind, personal outreach. Um, we have scripts for our clients of how to do that, you know, to really be authentic and also um, have someone really become a potential client, not just a reader. And to do that, we just have to bring them somewhere where we get their information because someone gets our book on Amazon, as you know, Ben, you can't reach out to them. You have no, no contact right. information. So that's, I think the key messages. All right. So it's using, using the resources, the quizzes, the graphics, the, 
videos, as you said, yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to, you know, to bring them into the world and, you know, put it behind an email wall, you know, so to speak. Well, so, that's it. You have a way, right. And then, and then really finding out about what they need and want, because then your email content, you're nurturing to them. Um, if you, again, if people have the infrastructure to do personal outreach, that's what we're, we're starting to do. We just hired a person to just everyone who goes and opts into the book portal gets an outreach from our team that is not automated. That's real, you know, a real human who cares about their vision and how can we help and support them? So, you know, it just depends. I've done sales alone in my company until like this year. So sometimes you don't have the infrastructure to do that, but you can certainly send them an email sequence. You can certainly uh, let them know about your next event. Those of you that run, you know, workshops or masterclasses, whatever you might be doing um, mm-hmm. for lead generation. So that's that's a key. And just making sure that, um, you know, in terms of converting, you know, having your book be that lead magnet, um, and then getting getting on other people's audiences of your ideal reader. You know, who are those influencers or podcast hosts or conference booking agents that you get in a room of 900 people that are your ideal client and right. written the book on it literally right i want you right <laughs> like, right right 100 percent. very cool let's go back to the book writing process for a minute here talked about i mean the name of the course like what's a top i don't know two or three things that you would tell people are thinking of writing a book just on the writing process so what are the, what are the biggest tips of how to do that yeah. right or what mistakes to avoid for sure. I think one thing is um, thinking a mindset piece I would start with is suddenly people think I have to be someone other than myself to be a writer. And I would offer people like, you know, I'm a writing geek. I love it. I live it. It's wonderful. But most of my clients, it's their first time they've ever thought about writing a book. They aren't writers necessarily. And it doesn't mean they can't write a spectacular book. And so sometimes people think I have to suddenly be this other person with this whole other skill set. And I really offer to for everybody to think about what are you already doing in the world everyone listening to this is an entrepreneur you have a passion that's 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 lit you up enough to start this business and then how are you already helping people solve a problem or achieve a dream if a book helps people even solve a piece of their problem or achieve the next step of a dream it's going to be a book they'll read and they'll share just like you know we talked traction books or profit first like hey we're going to help entrepreneurs get out of the weeds you know, and do things differently. Like you you and your team help people do Ben. And it's like those, that criteria of solve a problem, achieve a dream. All of you who are entrepreneurs are already doing that. And so just think your book is a love letter to your ideal client to help them solve the problem, achieve a dream. And, and we, we complicate it and think it has to be this whole other thing. If you have a coaching program, you just turn that into your book. And I use a structure called SSS, just to keep it very simple, three S's. Mm -hmm. So you think about a book, like the first chapter or section of your book is your story. Like if you're a super, think of yourself like Batman, right? Like Batman's parents got killed behind the movie theater, Gotham City, and now he like fights villains in crime. So each of us that are entrepreneurs have an origin story. I mean, you even heard mine, really, the book that saved my life. And now I help people write books that change other people's Mm -hmm. lives, right? It's pretty pretty direct. So we all have some reason we're doing what we're doing, either maybe through a trauma or crisis, or maybe through a a powerful vision. And so letting the reader know what that is, why you're the right riverboat guide, you know, to take them, take them down the rapids. And then the second S is the situation. So that's looking at 
every one of your topics, every one of you that have a business, there's a cost if people don't solve this problem. There's, there are, there's a situation in the world. So you tell your own personal story first, and then you zoom out and say, Hey, by the way, you know, I'm not the only, uh, you know, I'm not the only person that faced this health crisis or this, you know, uh, business challenge or, whatever it is that you particularly do in your business. And you give, be a little like a journalist, like let them know the lay of the land. You know, like Mike McCallowitz said, you know, what it was 80% of businesses make no profit. That's a startling, disturbing fact as an entrepreneur. It's like, that's right. depressing. And I was that person. I was like, oh my God, Mike. Right. He describes right. it and like, oh. yeah, it's like every month it's like, oh, just a couple more sales. And then, right. but then right. the expenses grow and it's like, oh, just a couple more sales. Totally. And you're like, oh, I, I have to reinvest this one piece, but then there's going to be profit. And right. there's not. And so he he gets you in your pain. Think of pain points and costs and and, right. and what are the stakes? The rest of the book is the third S, which is your solution. And that's your, if you are a coach or an expert, you have a framework, a modality, you just break that into your chapters. I mean, people who have a signature talk, you can turn that into a book. If you have a podcast, you turn it into a book. If you have a coaching program, or I have clients who are lawyers and doctors, you know, they have a methodology that they use with their clients and you, you, those are your chapters. Right. And tell lots of stories, right? Like, cause we love stories. It's uh, our way our brains are wired as human beings and that lowers skepticism too, right? In terms of converting people. Like if you right. just give them data, it's fine. But really we all related to, since we're using profit first here as an example, you know, we related to Mike's pain. It's our pain. It's like, damn it. I'm also bringing nothing home to my family and I'm working seven days a week. This completely sucks, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And and, and he, he told a story. I forgot their names. It was these two business owners. And he just like, kind of tells their story again and again throughout the book, right. applying different right. parts of it to uh, to what happened with them. And you can do that. Like if you've got a, a, a client that really went through your whole framework, you can fictionalize their name, you know, take out distinguishing characteristics, of course, or ask their permission either way. But you you can let the reader follow, take the journey. Like the traction books kind of do that, you know, especially with right. Get a Grip, which was fictionalized. But right. um, I'll always remember Carol, you know, Carol was the wrong person in or <laughs> yeah, wrong person in the right seat. I always think, are we having a Carol situation here? Like oh, it, there you stuck. Go. it stuck, those books stuck with me. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, as you, I, as I think I might've told you separately from this podcast that, you know, I'm, I'm working on my next book. I just finished the first draft and yeah, it's like, it's that it's that it actually uses that structure of, you know, kind of like my story yeah. and then like, what's the situation basically why do people go and become this? The next one's going to be four fractional leaders, either aspiring or early Great. stage great uh and like guiding how to set up their practice get clients and deliver great results to their clients and yeah. you know you just take like you said just take like okay what are all the major pieces become the chapters you know after you tell your story and and describe the problem yep. but um w- d- tell me about a couple of other people like i heard kind of a little bit about you and your book story sure. but uh tell me about a couple of people whether they're clients or other people you know yeah how they've transformed their businesses uh, in some way, uh, you know, somehow utilizing a book as a tool or as a a means of helping that happen. 
Yeah, for sure. So one of one of um, I sort of, you know, in year two clients, um, Perry Grossman is a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. She really specializes in um, women over 50, reinventing, creating a, a dynamic next chapter, whether that's, you know, some people experience divorce or empty nest or just like they're in a different phase. And she's really a champion, you know, of, of that next chapter um, work. And so she, she just, the same thing as a lot of, as myself and other people, she was doing great work with a few people. And she's like, there's just more that I want to contribute and share. So we worked on the book first. She did, um, she did a book, which was interview style. That's another way to fast track your book. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can write your methodology, your processors, and then, and then feature a number of other people's stories. Oh, you have 25 TV. women's stories. In 25 your book, right? self-made women millionaires, right. That pivoted during the pandemic and were able to support their families, contribute to their communities from, and, and I also didn't want to be like a book of just like a white woman telling her story, right. I wanted diversity and we wanted many people in different industries and backgrounds. So that was important for that book. So this is something everyone can think about. You can write a smaller section and then feature other stories. Mm-hmm. So Perry did a book like this on her topic and it was a reinvention after 45. And she, um, what happened is that she launched the book. We got her on the bestseller list. And again, that's another whole topic on, you know, the algorithms and all this stuff as you know, but anyway, the point is she, um, we really worked on finding influencers for her that had you know, women that are in this age group that were interested in personal growth. And she had about 40 of these influencers kind of promote for her around the launch. And she got invited within 24 hours on like 15 podcasts. So she's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's kind of cool. She was going to do a podcast tour anyway. So she goes on and two women that heard her on these podcasts, the very same week, the book launched, reached out and became clients instantly. So she had a six figure week in the week of her launch. I mean, it's sort of like, yes, please. Like, Now, it doesn't happen for everyone that fast necessarily at all. I'm not, you know, making any, you know, like trying to make any fantasy promises, but what then just to show kind of how it spirals. So she said, well, this feels really good. I'm feeling very happy about this investment in the book. And then she really wanted to go and use the book as a door opener for speaking. So she, um, this is something everyone can think about people in uh, the media conferences, virtual events, they'll select an author to speak 80% more and pay an author 80% more to speak than someone who hasn't authored a book. So this is back to doubling our business. So, so we built up her sort of speaking kits the same, like, right. It's another asset. You know, we kind of built that up quickly and she's now just, you know, she gets flown and she's in Florida and went down and spoke to 800 people, 800 women in Florida. And then guess what that fuels her online course. So it's kind of book to speaking to online course where she's now really feeling that impact, you know, that she's always wanted to make. And she's able to have much more effortlessness in her lead generation because there's the Mm -hmm funnel, if you will, of, yeah. of the book. So that's just like one example of, and then Jen Lettington, another of our clients who um, launched a, a book, she really focused on the interactive elements. She was the first one we tried out the QR codes for, mm-hmm. and um, we're like, well, let's see if it works. This was last fall in 2021. And in pre-launch, she increased her email list by 30%. Like even wow. just having the pre-promotion, like you pre-order downloads where people got the, the code to go to the book portal. So that turns into leads, right? That's third. Yeah, I mean, right. you paid ads for 30% bump. That's thousands of new people on her list that if she paid for ads, that would have been very expensive. And so she, you know, got these new, and then, and then has, you know, she has programs and coaching and, you know, ways to, to continue to serve them. Um, but that was a really fun way to see like, wow, even before the book's out 
she was, you know, seeing the ROI, um, and then able to, to really, she didn't want to run ads. You know, she just wanted it to be like, I want people to get to know me through the book, get to know my voice, get to know my philosophy. So those people that come in, they're in, they either like, her or they don't. Right. And the people that opt in are like, I like what you're up to. So that was really fun too. She did these like challenges. She called them dares in the book. So people would scan the code and get their next day, you know, facing their fear, whatever the person, you know, the day was. So you can have a lot of fun with the interactive pieces. Right. That's very cool. Very, very cool. All right. I appreciate you sharing all of this and, and taking the time to come on sure. the podcast today. As we said before, anybody can get information about Sarah and her you know, coaching, book writing, and other programs at uh, sarahcanell.com, S-A-R-A-C-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. And I don't know how intuitive the spelling is and all of that. So I, yeah, perfect. I want, yeah. want to make that clear. But anyway, um, Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Awesome. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.